everybody. This is an exciting theme because as I'm, all through the years in the church, one thing I've discovered is about God's people, they love to hear God speak. They covet. I mean, when we've had, when we've had prophetic conferences where prophets are brought in and, you know, they're going to lay hands on people and they don't know them at all and they come in with a word from God and they know it's a word from God because they didn't know anything ahead of time and yet God uses them to bring utterance to their mouth that out of their hearts they receive a word. I can tell you that I have received words from God that I don't remember. And that's okay. That can be okay. I'm saying that because the prophetic word, even if you don't always hear it or remember it, that encounter, that encounter of being in the presence of the prophetic, the voice of God, that you are a recipient to hear the voice of God. It changes you. It promotes you. It moves you forward. It lifts you up. It does, as the scripture says, edify and build you up. Even in your spirit. Or I should say, especially in your spirit. That yes, your soul gets encouraged, but your spirit receives something that never goes away. It's a deposit and a place of the living word of God that goes deep in you and it will accomplish, Isaiah 55, it will accomplish what the Lord sends it to do. And he doesn't necessarily even feel like he has to, you know, have you totally understand it. He really doesn't. God's okay with that. Because he knows he's going to give you the word, and it's his word, and it changes us. So today, we get to talk about some words, and each of them, the Christmas story is flooded with the prophetic fulfillment of the word of God that climaxes to a season and a time when the son was given, when Jesus was born, when Jesus lived, when Jesus died, when Jesus was buried, when Jesus rose again, and when Jesus ascended again. And he's coming back again. The prophetic flow is still alive. There's no gaps. There's no, there's no periods. In fact, there's not even commas. It goes together. It flows and flows, and the prophetic word of God is constant. And it's that way in your life, too. It is that way in your life. I know when, when we look at it, we see gaps. We see, you know, cuts or slashes or whatever. But God is right there. It's always on time. So in these words we get to talk about, the theme, of course, is unto us. Unto us a Savior was born, wasn't he? That's what Christmas is all about, that we know the purpose of why Christ was born, and it was unto us today. 
So we're going to receive the words that God speaks. They were not just for Mary. They were not just for an Elizabeth. They were not just for a Zacharias. They were not just for the angels. They were not just for the Magi in, on the other side of the world. The word of God is there for the taking to receive that it is for all of us. So today we're going to talk about a word that I hope you will capture and believe and receive. And it's not a one-time moment, but it's a life that you live. You live with the favor of God. We are going to talk about the word favor. And know that a single word, just a single word can change your life. If I were to say words like loved, accepted, approved, blessed, forgiven, chosen, called. Are those words powerful or, or what? I can tell you many times I talked about the prophetic conferences that we'd have and prophets come and many times they, they need to confirm what is already true. It isn't because of the prophetic that, oh, now they're favored. Or now they're accepted. Or now they're loved. But they didn't capture it. So let's capture this today. One word from God. One word from God to change your view of yourself. Your season, your time, your experiencing life. Would we receive like Mary did? Mary was given an opportunity to receive the word of the Lord right? And we won't even do the comparison this morning of Mary quickly responded and received the word of the Lord, unlike a Zacharias who stumbled and he got struck silent over it because he didn't quite embrace it all. But one word from God has the power to change your life. The Christmas story speaks this word to us, this word of favor. And this word is even personified in Jesus himself. Do you realize, we seem to realize that the, the coming of Jesus the first time was Jesus occupying this earth as the word from God. Everything encompassed in the word from God. John 1 said it, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when Jesus sent when the Father sent Jesus, he sent him as the Word. And it wasn't, as I already quoted at the beginning of the service today out of John 3, 16 and 17, God sent the Word not to condemn. He sent a Word that would save, that would heal. Yeah. It, was a, it wasn't a condemning Word. It was a redemptive Word. It was a Word of peace and joy and relationship, and acceptance. And it all goes under that category of the favor of God. That he chooses you. you cho he chose you. So it's really the Christmas story is all about God speaking to us through Jesus. When he goes on in John 1, you know this verse well. So the word 
The word became human, became flesh, and he made his home among us. What was that word like? It was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So we love this. Why? We call this the incarnation, right? Not reincarnation. We call this incarnation where God became flesh and dwelt among us, personified in Jesus. So in this series, we're going to pick some words, select some words, and all of them have prophetic directives personalized for you. Apply to you. May you reach out and receive and know that you're favored today. The four words favor, blessed, joy, and peace. Now I'm going to admit to you up front, I may mix those up a little bit. I may go with a word that I like also. Not better, also. So we're going to begin by looking at favor. So let's go to our scripture in Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verse 26 to 38. Kind of a lot, little long maybe this morning, what we're used to, but it's all right. It's the word of God, right? And it is Christmas time. It's good to look at the story. It was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. I've got an exclamation on that. Because Gabriel was very excited about this word. The Lord is with you. That could be your prophetic word today. Be favored. You're favored today. The Lord is with you. Well, Mary didn't quite get it at first. She was confused. She was disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. <laughs> Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord your God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. 
Your word to you today is favor. It will not fail. The Lord is with you. May we recognize that today. May we receive that. May we embrace that. May we pray with that supposition. How would your prayers be changed? If you prayed with this disposition of, I know I am favored by God. Not coming into God's throne of, woe is me. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. This is the process Mary had to go through. She was confused. She wasn't quite sure. She was perhaps what some think was like a 14-year-old teenage girl, a girl in a man's world, a girl, a teenager in an adult man's world, in a religious system that had no place for her at all. Who in the world is she? We're still not sure why God picked her. Maybe because she was attached to Joseph. Because prophetically it had to be a son of David through that lineage, right? So there's the connection. So she was picked. She was chosen. So she responded, I am the Lord's servant. Wow. Good, Mary. Good. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. May we pray that way. May we agree with God about what he has said to you. What he has said about you. Because what he says about you is true. It's not always true what we say about ourselves. But when God says it, it's the word. And that's the favor of God. I have the favor of God. I have the presence of God. I have the blessings of God upon my life. And you can leverage that. You leverage that against the enemy. You leverage that in your conflicts and your struggles to remember who you are today. When you partake of the communion, you do things in remembrance. Remember this, that's the favor of God that you hold there. So what does the word favor mean? It's an interesting word. It's in the Hebrew and it's in the Greek. It's throughout the whole Bible. I was trying to find out if this is the way, really the way I pronounce it because in the Hebrew it's spelled like hen, H-E-N. And I felt a little uncomfortable just calling it a hen favor of God is a hen. <laughs> Little humor there. Okay, so the Hebrew it, favor, it means this. It has all kinds of these other words. Service. It's God's service to you. Good turn. Behalf. On behalf of. Grace. Grace is a word used a lot. We know that word, right? We're not even sure we connect. The, we know about grace. Do you ever think of it? That's the favor of God. Grace is born out of favor. Charm, beauty, prettiness, loveliness, kindness, charity, graciousness. All of that, the favor of God. Remember the story of Hannah? When God was getting ready to move 
from one age of the judges, that they was going to move from the, the judges into perhaps prophets and kings. And so there was a, there was a prophet that was going to come along and be born, the first prophet of Israel, and his mother was Hannah. Samuel, his mother Hannah. Hannah was living a life of condemnation. She was living a life of shame. She was living a life that was rejected by all of her peers because she stood as a woman who was barren. And in that day, if you were barren, you were way down the list of the respect and acceptance. And Hannah wanted to have a baby so bad, right? And we know that she would come every year. Every year she would come and she would petition God to have a baby, to have a baby. So much so that we know she would come in and sometimes it wasn't loud and she would just be moving her lips and she would even get falsely accused of being drunk by the priest. Wouldn't even accept her presence and her prayers there. Because she must be intoxicated. But we know that story of Hannah because God finally came to her. And of all things, it was from Eli. Same guy that said she was drunk. But he had a word for her. He had a word for her. Now, believe me, Eli is not up there on the high tiers of priests that we remember and respect. But boy, did he bring it to Hannah. Eli answered, said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor. Find favor in your sight. Find that hen in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Remember the word of the Lord, how it will change you? It will change you. The favor of God. Look up. We're going to look at some psalms of the favor of God. Psalm 90, verse 17. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. Oh, prosper the work of our hands. I'm telling you, when you have the favor of God upon you, the Lord wants to bless your pursuits. He wants to bless your hands, bless your enterprise, bless your occupations, bless those things. Like Joseph of old, it was like he had the, excuse this secular reverence, reference but the Midas touch the Midas touch that everything you touch is blessed of God and turns to gold that's what the favor of God does Psalm 512 surely Lord you bless the righteous you surround them with your favor as with a shield think about that he, the psalmist likens the favor of God that shields you. That's a defensive image. 
a defensive image of the devourer, of the thief, of the enemy who will try to come against you when you have the favor upon you, God, God upon you. I mean, remember in ancient times when, whenever it was that Job was going through his things. Remember, the enemy came to God and said, you've got a protective shield around him. He had the favor of God as a shield around about him. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a son, S-U-N, and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold for those who walk uprightly. So let's go fast forward again back into Luke. Back in where Mary is being talked to by the angel. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. The word that Luke uses here, it does mean grace. In the New Testament here, it means grace or charis. You've heard charis, matic, right? The giftings. Charis means like giftings. This word occurs 136 times in the New Testament alone. And every time it describes blessing and kindness. The favor of God is upon you. The grace of God is upon you. The charis of God is upon you. It's that same grace, that same favor that saves you, that justifies you before God, that empowers you. See, grace isn't just some like grace card that keeps me from hell. Grace is alive. It's empowering. When someone says, I do this by the grace of God, they might as well put in parentheses, I do this by the grace slash power of God. Because grace is so synonymous with the actual enablement, empowerment, ability to do. It empowers us to walk in victory. You could not walk in victory apart from the favor of God. How do I know I have the favor of God? Every victory you have is because you have the favor of God. Or it's gifting believers with spiritual abilities, the spiritual gifts. Let's read some other scriptures. Ephesians 2, again, a a gold standard of verses that we use about the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it's by grace you've been saved. So again, think about it. It's by the favor of God. The favor of God you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves, it's a gift. It's not of works so that You can't brag about it. So, again, this was given to Mary, but this message, this word is for all of us now. God comes to you, and you might as well just put yourself in that place. When Gabriel the angel brought the word of the Lord to Mary, he brings the word of the Lord 
That wasn't then. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It wasn't just her or just her following generations. God's word is saturates everything. So, of course, we know she was confused. She, she was stunned, to say the least. But here's the deal, and this is, this is a word to us today. Mary made a decision. You have a decision. Stop debating. Stop questioning. Stop wondering. Stop looking at all the reasons why you don't qualify. Why, God? Why? Why do we ask why? Can't we just take it at face value? Mary did. She made a decision to believe and not just believe, but to receive the favor of God. You know, and I know there's debates on, well, when did she conceive? Hmm. We know it was by the Holy Spirit. We know it takes nine months. It had to be pretty instant when she received the word. Personally, I believe it's when she gave her word of faith saying, I receive. No more doubts, no more fears, no more hesitation. Today, now, okay, you explained it. It makes sense to me. I will receive, even in my, even in my maybe a little disturbed or not sure why or all of those thoughts. Nevertheless, I decide I will receive. She got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now, why do I say that? Because it bears out that Jesus and John the Baptist were about six months apart. And they were good cousins. So I think that's pretty reasonable to think that it didn't take a long time. Faith releases it and works that way with you too. The moment, you remember that moment, that word that changes your life. But when it really changes your life is not when the word is given, but when the word is received. So God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I know you've heard that. We've probably over preached that statement. But nevertheless, it's true. Paul, the apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 1, brothers and sisters, Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. I, I, I don't have a problem being part of those foolish things that God chose. I am one of the foolish things that God chose to confound the wise, to do his will, to advance his kingdom, to have his will be done. God shows lowly things and the despised things and the things that are not 
to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. Wow. So the good news is this, no matter the situation, God's grace and favor are always enough. Always enough for you. You remember Paul? We're not going to read 2 Corinthians 12. You can write it down. But we know that Paul was given this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. God's so smart. God's so wise. He knew better than to describe what Paul's thorn was. He knew better than that. Because we would gravitate. We would compare. Well, at least I don't have that. And then you miss your own thorn. You've got a thorn. But you're overlooking it because you're looking at Paul. God's wise. What he's saying is, you know what? We all have thorns in our flesh. Some of them, or at least one of them, is there with a purpose. So you don't get cocky. And God, thank God, that's the mercy of God to hold you, to keep you. So we receive God's favor today by three things. You have them here knowing that God also wants to do something great for you and through you. Will you know that today? The favor of God is upon you because he's appointed you and chosen you and called you with purpose that he has something great to do on you, in you, and through you. And for, and for something. And to believe his power and his word will do the job. And then, like Mary, simply receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Can you, can you see something over your... Can you just kind of use your imagination a little bit? I'm not talking about a halo or an aura or something like that, but just imagine something over your head. You know, Scripture describes... A banner. And I believe his Song of Solomon describes it as his banner over me. His banner over me is love. Well, his banner over you is favor. The favor of God. You walk under. Not with. I'm not walking with the favor of God. I'm walking under the favor of God. I am submitted. I am yielded. I'm a follower. I'm a responder. And I follow with the favor of God upon me. Father, we pray that you would even illuminate your word more and more as we exercise digging into these words. Lord, may we have revelation of the favor of God that is upon us in our lives. 
the favor of God that will come to our children and our grandchildren, the favor of God that can be received to everyone that joins us, like the Abrahamic covenant of old, you said, Lord, everyone, everyone that will we bless will be blessed. We bless, they will be blessed because we have your favor on our lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church, Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.